Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 35. How was your week? I hope it's been well. Mine has been busy, but we'll get back into that later. But if you're listening, please five-star rate, review, subscribe on all areas you listen to the podcast. And thank you for all the the listens. Thank you for all the, the shares, the likes. This has been really, really fun. We're already on episode 35. This week, we're going to talk about what is in the news, what's been going on, a lot of stuff in the news that I want to add my commentary on. We will also talk about earnings update. So an earnings update on Nike, they released earnings this past week. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Also, we will dive into my finance roundtable, which is more of musings and thoughts from this week. But I think we have to sit down and have a frank conversation. So I'm going to get into that. And then finally, personal updates where you can find me coming up in the next week. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Hey, what is in the news this week? Your correspondent, Delano Sapporo. Thank you, Team New Street, for signing in and listening in to the news update of the week. So let's talk about the market first. We're still in a little bit of a sell-off and correction, and there's a few things that we that is clear that is probably dragging down the market um, at this time. One being the pandemic. So there's been slightly of a flare-up in Europe where cases are starting to rise. Uh, the UK is on track to log almost 50,000 new cases per day by mid-October. Uh, and so the British government is looking at stricter measures for lockdowns. So they're looking at reversing. So a lot of people were talking about the second wave, the second wave. And it, honestly, for myself, I was like, okay, I didn't think you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I don't didn't know if we were going to see a second wave, what that would happen, what would happen, um, and if we would actually lock down again for that. But it looks like Europe is considering those measures, and that is causing uh, the rest of the world to be like, all right, is there a second wave, and what do we do in that situation? Do we have to go back to lockdown, which would not be good, obviously for the markets for everyone, but we don't know. It's still in flux. We're not. That's not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but it's something that's starting to scare folks on the other side of the pond. Um, You're also seeing the election and different things about that coming up. Again, I'm not a person that, you know, if you're listening to this, please use your own research and things, but I want people to stay informed on some of the stuff that's going on in the markets. But yeah, that is something that's coming up. You have 42 days out from the U.S. election, or 40 some days. um, And so we're we're thinking, you know, people are looking at different uh, strategies and that could also be weighing on the market as well. Um, you have different things. You have, you know, profit taking. Uh, those are all things that I think are weighing on the market at this time. But we'll see. I, I think we have the market needs another catalyst for it to move higher, right? Like we need stronger vaccine news. We need something. Uh, we need people need a second stimulus um, package, which you know our politicians are still going over. So there's something that's needed to be able to, for us to hit some sort of a bottom here. And that's what we'll be looking out for. So stay tuned on the market update. Next, um, I, I, this is you know very interesting and obviously sad. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, U.S. Supreme Court Justice and progressive icon, died last died this past week uh, from pancreatic cancer. She was 87. Um, I think this is you know a lot of people were 
I thought this was something that needs to talk about, even though it's not directly uh, business news, but I did think it was a big story. Uh, something a lot of people were, you know, discussing on social media has implications for the nominee. Um, you're seeing that as well. So what is going to happen um, as far as uh, is she going to, is someone going to be elected in her place, which is what uh, President Trump and Mitch McConnell want to do to place another conservative in her place or to nominate one. Uh, and so that's going to be someone, something to look out for. And it has def- different effects on different things as far as judgments and policies that will go on going forward. So that is kind of a very, very highly implicative um, a development, uh, but obviously RIP to her and, and you know, to prayers to her family as well. And let's switch gears to Nikola Motors. I don't know if you guys saw, I think we talked about this a week or two ago, but the founder resigns after a truckload, pun intended, of fraud allegations. So Nikola Motors, the founder or the CEO, uh, he resigned and his name is Trevor Milton. Uh, pretty much, you know, there was the report that came out a couple of weeks ago that was pretty much accusing the, the company of fraud. It was Hindenburg Research dropped a 67-page report accusing Nikola of exaggerating the readiness of its e-truck, calling the company an intricate fraud. And Trevor Milton, the founder and CEO, was saying the allegations were false. Um, and he actually has now stepped away. He stepped away from the company. He went dark on social media. He got rid of his Twitter, um, got rid of his, Insta- I'm assuming his Instagram, but he went dark, left. And the funny part is, and it, if it is a fraud, that's horrible. I have no idea. I'm not too close enough to this company to understand or know what's going on. I just stayed away from it because uh, I don't understand it. Um, but he uh, actually has billions of dollars worth of stock in the company, him, his family. So if it is a fraud and these people have billions that they could sell in stock and just like create some fake company and actually get GM, which um, is, you know, me and my friend were actually discussing this over text. GM invested 11, uh, took an 11% stake in 2.2 billion. Although that's a drop, relatively speaking, in the bucket for GM, it still is huge that you are investing in a company, which an outside party research firm called the fraud and had evidence and you guys were still as presumably did your due diligence and found it, you know, necessary to invest a large amount of money into the company and didn't see any of this or didn't vet this, or maybe you vetted it and didn't believe, I don't know, but that's a huge implication for GM. And as far as, you know, the management team and what decisions they made to invest in a company that could possibly be perpetrating a fraud. And that's something that we'll be watching out for. Next up, Chime doubles its valuation. So Chime is a, mobile banking app that um, I actually downloaded because I was super interested in. I never heard of it before before I saw this story. But it's now the biggest. Chime is now worth $14.5 billion after a fundraise of $485 million, making it the most valuable American consumer fintech company. So yeah, Chime is like a, a mobile banking app. It partners with banks to offer checkings and savings accounts. Uh, the CEO likes to call it more of a consumer software company. Uh, and that's, you know, something that's really in- interesting. Obviously, he wants his consumer software company valuation and not like a banking valuation. As you know, the banks have not performed well in the stock market, while consumer and tech and high tech stocks have performed extremely well. Um, and Chime is interesting. I haven't like really looked at the app, but pre- presumably they just like make banking a little bit easier through technology, which I think is actually good. Like 
innovation in the old guard of industries needs to happen. Like if you're not innovative on top of tech, if you're still a bank that doesn't have an app or a credit union that doesn't have an app or doesn't have a really good functioning app or website, like you're going to be gone in like 10 years. So that's that's something to watch out for. Chime seems to be doing it the right, uh, doing it a great way. They've raised a lot of money and they presumably want to IPO in the next uh, 12, a year or so. So that's what they're saying. And it's a pretty interesting app. I have no idea exactly the functionalities of it, but if you guys are interested in finding a cool banking app, maybe check out Chime and they should sponsor this podcast. Um, next up, Microsoft. So they lost the TikTok deal. Um, they did not get into that bid, but they just announced that they're acquiring Xena Max, which is a video game studio, uh, parent company of the video game studio, Bethesda Softworks for $7.5 billion. Um, and I haven't talked about like video games and esports a lot on the podcast, but it's a huge, huge industry, one that I believe is primed for 100% more you know, growth and, and a lot of more interesting areas in that. I used to play video games. I don't play as much anymore. I, I don't play at all anymore. But it's quite interesting. And I think that acquisition tells a lot. Obviously, Microsoft has their gaming in revenue line that they have, the Xbox 360 and their different things they do there. So they thought this was a worthwhile valuation to drop $7.5 billion, not a small amount. Uh, definitely noteworthy to, to see what's going on in that area. So that's super, super interesting. And we'll watch out for that. If anybody wants to buy me a PS5, um, please do. I don't know. If anyone likes me enough to buy me a PS5 that comes out in a couple months, I'd love that. Um, next up, let's look at Meg Whitman. We have Meg Whitman on the line. <laughs> no, Meg Whitman is actually the CEO of Quibi. So I don't know any of you that heard of Quibi. Maybe not. Um, Quibi was founded in August 2018 as New TV by Jeffrey Katzenberg, and it was led by Meg Whitman. So Meg has an impressive resume. She's actually like, she should be the CEO of Yahoo and I think GE. I, I don't want to get her resume wrong. Um, someone fact check me on that. She's super impressive, great line of history of lineage of what she's done in corporate America. But Quibi is like a small quick versions, um, video software, video uh, platform. It's pretty much a mix in between, like it's like in between of like TikTok and Netflix where it's like short 10, 15 minute series or stories or whatever. It kind of had a good idea. Like when I saw it, I was like, kind of, I was like, I, I got a little bit of where they're going, but I also was like, it's not gonna work, right? Like there just wasn't, one, the marketing wasn't good. If you're doing something like Quibi, you're shorting attention span. You're looking for like a, the, the younger generation, millennials, Gen Z, and it wasn't targeted to them correctly. Um, and I, I would I hate to say it, but like the person leading it, I don't think was the right person to lead something that's targeting a really younger demographic. I don't, when's the last time Meg has hung out with someone in a much younger demographic outside of her family? Like I don't know if she's really on the pulse of you know what's going on when it comes to that generation and to starting it. Like if you look at Snapchat younger demographic led by Evan Spiegel, CEO, founder, despite what you say about it, it's still grown. Even like other platforms, you know, I don't know, it just didn't hit. It didn't hit and they're looking for sellers at the, the reports that they're looking to sell because they did not hit subscriber goals. No one probably even out there that's listening knows what Quibi is. Uh, and I, I think that's just bad execution on their part. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting story. 
and something that I'll be keeping watching for. I haven't even downloaded it, but if anyone out there has downloaded it and has looked at it, please let me know how you like it um, and if it actually has some interesting shows on there because I'm always looking for good shows. But that's it. That is it for the news update. Um, next up, we're going to talk earnings update with Nike. So let's do that next. But thank you for listening to the news update. Hey, everyone. Let's talk about our earnings update. How about Nike? Have you ha- heard of them? Do you have Nikes? I do. I actually need new Nike running shoes, so maybe I'll go look at some after this podcast. But first, we're listening up to the Nike earnings update. They released quarterly earnings, and it said, Nike said its sales in China during the last period rose about 6%, while sales in North America were down 2%. Uh, digital sales, online digital sales jumped 82%. Uh, the CEO said in this dynamic environment, no one can match our pace our, our, of launching an innovative product and our brand's deep connection to consumers. And I have to agree with them. Um, people have been talking about Nike, especially um, all over you know, the different media outlets. They've been steady. They've been strong. It's one of the retailers that's figured it out. They have such a strong brand. That's one thing that's very true. Like I, There's like people that are stands of certain companies like you have the apple people the tesla people and i think nike sits in that realm where it's like people are super just obsessed with the products uh the new releases all those different things that that's like that's you can't put a price on that really in terms of you know brand innovation um a brand um value so that's that's super interesting and they also talked a little bit more about um what's what's been going on in the the company this year the pandemic didn't seem to affect them as digital sales grew revenue was 10.59 billion versus 9.15 billion expected for the quarter ending august 31st um china like they said came back inventories totaled 6.7 billion at the latest period up from 15 percent from the last year the biggest sneaker maker in the U.S. They they've been strong. It's also dividend paying stock again. Do your own research. I think it's quite interesting what Nike's been doing as far as innovative front. They have amazing brand sponsors. Obviously, the best. They seem to get the best people um, when it comes to sponsorship for their brand. But interesting update. I thought it was interesting and worthwhile talking about. But please, as always, let me know what you all thought. Gather round, gather round the financial roundtable, the meeting of the minds, the League of Extraordinary People, Team New Street. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, yeah, this week has been a stressful, longer week. I had to put out a lot of fires, still doing so. But that's what comes with running the enterprise, with running the firm. But I, I won't lie that it's it's not taxing. You have to do a lot. I have to do a lot as someone that runs something, and I love it, and I will always love it. But it did lead to some interesting conversations. A lot of things that I pull from inspiration to talk about when I do the roundtables from inspiration, questions, thing that's come up to my mind when I'm having conversations with either clients or prospective clients or people or seeing stuff on social media. Um, and it's today I had to say, let's be real. Let's be frank. I don't think everyone's going to tell people the real advice. Like I don't sugarcoat things. I don't want people to ever sugarcoat things to me. Cause I think we don't need that. We're all adults. I mean, if you look at the demographic of the people listening to the podcast, we are all adults. Um, and so you don't want anything sugarcoated. So this is not going to be more like financial literacy. This is going to be more like frank discussions that 
sit around the fringe of some things finance, but some things, you know, just let's be real, let's be frank. First and foremost, I don't know if anyone's ever told you or has or not, but investing and stocks are not a way to get rich. It's just not. Like looking at tickers, finding different stocks, whatever, you're not going to get rich that way. There is no one in the history of planet Earth, I'd even venture to say that, that has gotten rich strictly from trading or investing. There are people that got money and capital other ways and invested that money, which further enhanced their wealth. But there is no one that you know. It's the same thing as winning the lottery. And we've talked about this, but I have to keep reminding people because people focus so much on like investing in different stocks. It's not a way to get rich. Bezos is not rich because he invested. Even Buffett isn't rich because of investing. He's rich because he got people to give him a lot of money to invest. You will never get rich strictly off investing. It's the same, probably even less probability than winning the lottery. You're, you're not. You have to build income in other ways and then take that money that you make, save it, and invest it over periods of time, which will help you beat inflation help you keep wealth, help you keep your earnings, help you get capital appreciation. That is the the standard. And now if other people like to trade, like to do stuff, sure, go ahead. But if you're like angling on that as some way to get you, it's like, don't waste your time, like trying to find all these different stocks. And that's, it's a waste of time for people. Like that's not the way to wealth investing money that's earned from other ways and that's always earned and saved is a way for long-term security. So that's one thing. Another conversation I've had with people is having a financial advisor, investor, fund manager like myself, investment advisor, what do you call you, stock picker, versus not. There are two people. I talked about it on the podcast that I had with uh, Janissa there are two types of people, people that want someone that does, does it for them, which is the people that I work with, versus people that are not. If you're not someone, totally fine. Do your thing. But you have, should know that, that obviously the evidence is against you, right? It clearly shows people that manage their own money, if they're pa- actively manage it, perform decidedly worse than the market itself versus people that you know either just have someone else manage it that knows what they're doing or invest themselves. We talked about that before, but I keep having these conversations. So hopefully if people are listening to this podcast, they can just hear this from me um, and not and fully understand where I'm coming from and, and definitely fully understand where I'm coming from. So that's a decision you have to make for yourself. And I have no qualms with it because I have worked with hundreds, hundreds of people um, and no qualms with which way you go, but just go that way and let other people go the way they, they want to when it comes to that. And then the fees thing versus that. We talked about it before. People focus so much on that, right? Like if you go to some other firm, JPM or whatever, they're going to stick you in a market index. Remember, index, a market, whatever it is, target, whatever. You know, they're just going to stick you in that and they're not going to actively manage, not going to get you alpha, meaning above the market. And they're going to take a fee for that. And there's other people like myself that actually do research, pick different stocks, different things, look for alpha, seek alpha means above market return and do a great job of those things that we do for our clients and take a fee for our stuff. And that is a choice, right? Like there's people that know what they're doing and want to do that and people rock out. 
people that like say, oh, I just want to put in an index because Susie told me to or Dave told me to and just get market return. Um, if you're someone that has no inkling of of fortitude and, and doesn't want to take like any sort of risk or have any sort of risk reward balance, then that's, I guess that's for you and that's fine. But people try to indoctrinate others. Like I've never been someone that likes to push my ideas or stuff on people. People like always come to me and tell me what Dave or Ram Susie said. I'm like, I don't know what they said. And I, I frankly don't care. I don't read their books. I just hear tangentially from what other people tell me. But, you know, I think people focus on what works for you. Stop like, you shouldn't follow 100% advice of that someone else tells you. Like, I don't follow 100% of anyone, honestly, anyone. But if people, like, read these things, they get so entrenched in it and, like, they take everything and what they word for say is Bible and should be followed by everyone. It's not everyone's path. People can use someone that manages their money. People can use someone that can just be in a market index and get the market return to be fine. People can look for above market return by investing in growth stocks and things that I do for clients, like, and that's fine. But everyone should really just like focus on what their path is and, and like do that and let it be that. And not, not there's no right way to this. Um, there's the way that I've chosen, the way that I believe people should go. And I think that's the best way for a lot of people. But for some people that are have a certain box or not comfortable outside of certain boxes and zones, that may not be right for them. So, you know, people play super safe when it comes to funds and and, and money and you, people have to learn to be a little bit more stepping out of the box in a lot of cases. That's the only way you're going to grow and, and see real see real stuff if you actually don't just do everything so pattern-like. Um, so that's something to think of. And lastly, uh, of my rant and my TED Talk and my, as you can tell, I've had a long one. Um, nobody can really save you right back on this thing like i love that people listen to this hundreds of people listen to this podcast whatever people watch on tv and the cnbc stuff and all that but there's no like magic pill there's no thing there's no person that can like flip a switch snap their fingers and take you from whatever position you're in now to some sort of grand independent financial wealth or whatever right Nobody can really save you in that sense. You have to literally do the work. Like I never promise people that I'm going to make you rich or I'm going to do this or that. Like that's impossible. If you're like in the financial planning stage, you literally have to do the work. Like you don't even have to read all these books. Like I said before, if someone wants to like lose weight, they 100% can literally do that if that's what they really, really want. It's just a calorie deficit. If someone wants to be financially fit and sound, they can 100% do that if they really, really want. It's just making more or, or, or spending less. Like it's super simple. It's easier said than done, but the, the path is super simple. You don't need some sort of framework. So people know that, but most people are well, feel much more comfortable reading about stuff and tinkering and doing all this stuff than actually executing. Once you figure out what you have to do, then you just like go and do it. And to me, it sounds like I probably sound condescending saying it because for me, it's never, I've never had an issue when I wanted to do something of just doing it. But I realize a lot of people need more coaching, more guidance because of a uh, lack of confidence or whatever. That's why like people like me come and play because we can add that confidence, that accountability, that coaching, rather than just letting someone feel insecure or not confident about it. But there is a factor of the initiative that has to be taken. That's why I love when people reach out to me because I realize that they really they realize, all right, I have to stop playing around. I need to take that step. And that's when you realize, all right, that's it. And then once you get through the step, like you're, you're rocking and rolling. It's not, it's not that crazy. It's not that scary on the other side, to be honest. You just really have to take that leap.
Um, so yeah, that's my TED talk. I hope you guys felt my rants from this week. <laughs> a lot of thoughts, a lot of things, but as always, just like, let me know. I mean, what, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? There's lots of people that listen to podcasts weekly. Um, so we need feedback, but I want everyone to feel the real, and I will never try to sugarcoat. And I hope people wouldn't do that to me. I'll never sugarcoat on this podcast. It's a very direct, intimate thing every week where you hear real thoughts, real musings, um, and we have to be very frank, be real with each other, and that's what I aim to do. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm going to talk a little bit after this, a little bit lighter note, but what's going on next, what I'm up to, but thank you for listening to that. Hey, it's me, the nicer version, and I'm back. Hey, everyone, how are you feeling? I'm well. My favorite coffee spot. I was there before the doors opened this morning, two minutes early. Got my coffee. was ready to pod. And now I'm ready to talk about what is going on next. So um, I will be doing Trading Nation, short, short segment on CNBC Monday. I will also do uh, next Monday. So I will also be doing uh, Fast Money the next Friday and also Fast Money another time in October. So doing CNBC uh, more, obviously the podcast is a lot where you'll hear from me. Uh, so yeah, we're going to keep trying to have fun and finance should be fun. And hopefully it is fun for a lot of people. Investing should be fun. It shouldn't be a, um, a thing that gives people stress, <laughs> uh, but there's many reasons for that. Um, so yeah, let, let's keep doing that. What am I watching? Bingeables. I'm actually going to flip through. I watched something really good on, what did I just finish? There was a really good show. I feel like I just finished on Hulu, but I'm actually forgetting what it was. I just walked Woke on Hulu. That's pretty funny. I don't know if anyone else has watched Woke on Hulu. Very funny show. Um, and yeah, I also started the show Rami. It's pretty, seems pretty good. It seems pretty good. I don't know if people are watching these shows. I want to stay up. Those are my bingeables right now. Archer, it's the only cartoon that I watch. It's obviously hilariously funny and a good one. Um, and yeah, it's, people give me show show ideas. I'd love to hear from you what you're watching, what you're binging, any new movies or anything um, for us homebodies out there. Uh, lastly, you know, some stuff came out this week about the the um, indictment uh, for the, the officers involved with Breonna Taylor. Again, RIP Breonna Taylor. Obviously, people know where I stand on that. I'm not going to go too much into detail that, but um, had to say that. But yeah, thank you again for listening to this episode. Please rate, review, subscribe, um, and we will be talking next week. <laughs>